Oh, yes. I forgot to tell you. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. A desolate, dry planet with vast deserts. Hidden away within the rocks of these deserts are a people known as the Fremen, who have long held a prophecy that a man would come, a messiah, who would lead them to true freedom. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. episode of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Off-Topic Podcast. I'm your host for today, Peter Treisenberg. I have Fury on the boards that we don't use anymore, so why am I even mentioning them? Uh, joining me today, we have a pair of lovely panelists. We have Audra Bowling. Hello. And Tina Ola. Hi. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Yeah. All things considered? All things considered. <laughs> So it goes. Uh, we're coming together today because we're going to talk about RPG adaptations. Or rather, we're going to talk about game RPGs, the game the properties that we think would make good RPGs. Um, we did a similar topic on this um, a while back, uh, talking about uh, uh, games that had gotten... Uh, properties that had been adapted into games before and what we would do differently. Um, so we're kind of revisiting that topic again. So right here, we have a whole list of different anime series and movies and other TV shows. And we're going to talk about how we'd make our dream video games out of them. Um, but I guess without any further ado, let's jump in. Uh, Audra, uh, what would your first pick from this list be? Oh, probably Ruby, just because it already is kind of inspired by anime and JRPGs. All right. Talk about Ruby. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Um, well, it's set in a fantasy world called Remnant, okay. and it's about a group of four huntresses, which is um, which are characters that fight the Grim, which are monsters that come from negative emotions. Okay. So far, so and, so so RPG like. Yep, and it's just a really fun story with a lot of heart to it that I think would translate really well into a. JRPG, actually. Tina, are you familiar with Ruby at all? I'm familiar with it. I haven't actually seen it myself, though. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. I've a lot of fan art. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of fan art, too. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of that. <laughs> it definitely seems to have a pretty devoted fan base. Um, yes. So, if you were going to adapt Ruby into a video game, uh, how do you think, how, how would you go about it? What do you think would be, would work? I think it would probably be work best as like a JRPG with more combo-based combat. Combo more of an action. Okay, kind of like uh, like Kingdom Hearts or something like that. Kind of like Kingdom Hearts or even FF15. Okay, was... Interesting. Yeah, because 15 has the team attacks. Yeah, and I think that would work well because it's a team. It's usually teams of characters I see. fighting in it. Okay, yeah, that could work really well. I, I that just from the way you're describing it. Um, so I just think um, actually Square Enix would probably be my choice for the developer. Yeah, just given that. Yeah, no, that, yeah. Could, that could work out really well. I know we've seen um, 
a lot of video game adaptations of different anime series lately. Uh, like Fairy Tales getting one. From yeah. But yeah, an action RPG, just based on what little I've seen of this property, an action RPG for Ruby could work really well. Uh, Tina, do you have any thoughts on uh, on how Ruby could work as a video game? Mm, well, I'm not too familiar with the property myself, so... Right. No, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Audrey, I think you're the expert in this situation. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I do really like the character designs, though. The yeah, the character great. designs are great. Look, and they change them up every couple of story arcs, too, which I think would be fun to explore some of the story arcs yeah. that they've done. So if we see maybe some like visual novel-style scenes with character close-ups, I think that oh, might be yes. Cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, that could be really neat. And plus, if you have, like, characters with different designs, like, maybe you could have, like, custom character customization to a degree. Ooh, nice. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, unlockable costumes. Although, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting DLC vibes from this. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that, too. There's also a very large cast, so they could easily do DLC characters if they wanted to, which maybe wouldn't be the best. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Who knows? In, in in this real world we live in, we probably get like a bad 3D arena fighter based on it. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although a 2D fighter wouldn't be too bad either. Maybe give it to Arc. Different genre. Yeah, Arc, yeah. Arc System Works or something? Yeah. Yeah, it could be neat. In fact, they've already done a few of the characters in one of their crossover fighting games, so it <laughs> would almost make sense. Oh, okay. That's a different genre. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah. Okay. So yeah, Ru Ruby would probably would be a, definitely a, within our wheelhouse for sure. Um, Tina, do you want to pick the next topic? Okay. So ever since I was a little kid, I've wanted to see an RPG based on the Neverending Story. All right. Hit me. Either just the, the first two movies or the book. But not the third movie. That was terrible. <laughs> Isn't Jack Black in the third movie? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just saw it once, and I kind of just shoved it out of my mind. <laughs> but I absolutely love the first two movies. I love the book. There was a lot of stuff in the book that was never adapted. So I think that would be really cool to see, especially all the, the different lands and scenery. Oh, wow. I didn't know there even was a book for it, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's based on a book. Oh, neat. Yeah, what I was thinking of that is almost something that's sort of open world, just so you could have a lot of exploration. All right, yeah, that could be good. Yeah. Well, who are you thinking would uh, would would be best suited for a never-ending story game? Okay, so I had a couple choices depending on what direction it would go in. One, if we go for more like the open world thing, I'd probably pick Monolith Soft. Monolith. Okay, interesting Ooh. choice. Yeah, just because Xenoblade. All the, just the amazing settings. Mm -hmm. Somewhere Tyler just got very excited. Yep. <laughs> he loves Monolith Soft. Yeah, me too. And the other possibility was if we maybe make it kind of like more like a fairy tale game, um, Ubisoft and the Child of Light team. I was just going to say, Child of Light's art style was so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like, that could work for NeverEnding Story, especially. That storybook art style could work yeah. phenomenally. Yeah, like, I'd love to see an open world game with that art style. Ooh, that would be pretty. Of course, with flight sections with the dragon. 
Oh, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, that would definitely be a good way to explore that. Um, I almost, I almost wonder, because we just got, um, a game based on the Dark Tower. Um, the Dark Tower. And, uh, that Dark, that Dark Tower, um, Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. The strategy RPG. Yeah, and apparently it wasn't very good, but I'm just like, there's potential there for a game if you translating the art style of the source material to the yeah. property. Like, I do love how we're bringing back a lot of the 80s stuff, though, like She-Ra and the Dark Crystal, the yeah. stuff on Netflix. I think it's time for something new for the never-ending story. Mm-hmm. We're getting that new He-Man series Kevin Smith is working yeah. on. <laughs> Yeah, that would definitely be a really good pick, Tina. Thank you. Um, I think for, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next. Um, this one, I'm I'm not 100. Have you, any of you read the uh, the Broken Empire series? Uh, is that um, Mark Lawrence? Yeah, Mark yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, I read the first book. I I, 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 I haven't. Really series. Oh man, yeah, you should check him out. <laughs> okay. Um, it's so to give a little bit of background. Uh, Mark Lawrence is a. Uh, He's a British writer who, um, he had, he used to have, he used to work as a scientist. He has a, he had top secret clearance in both the UK and the US. So when he went about, um, writing his story, he used his scientific background. Um, the Broken Empire books are post, post-apocalyptic fiction where it's a medieval society that's built on the ruins of an ancient civilization, but that ancient civilization is our civilization. Oh, wow. Like, after we uh, we nuked ourselves to hell and back, you know? So, yeah, I love learning that part in the first book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a spoiler for the first book, but it's the basis for the whole rest of the series. Because yeah. the way it works is, like, he'll work in references to other technology and uh, and stuff but it's from the lens of like medieval people who don't understand it so like they see a hologram that's a ghost example Um, so it's sort of like horizon zero dawn yes actually it's it's very very similar to horizon in terms of how it's like it's like if you mixed horizon with game of thrones because it's also kind of a grim and gritty fantasy setting Neat. Um, with a lot of political intrigue. And uh, um, the, the main... So, and then the main character of the Broken Empire uh, is a guy named Jorg. Jorg Ancraft. And he's a um, he's a young boy who, when he was very little, his um, he was a prince and his mom and brother got assassinated in front of him. Um, and, and he only survived because his mom was able to throw him out of a carriage into a thorn bush. Um, hence the name of the, the, the title sequence of the series is Prince of Thorns, King of Thorns, Emperor of Thorns. Oh. Just, you know what? That never clicked until now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, 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 that's the, that's the etymology behind it. And, oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, then the series just chronicles his rise to power. And I feel like, just reading it, that would be an excellent template for a Final Fantasy Tactics-esque strategy Ooh. game. Um, because Final Fantasy Tactics, as opposed to something like Fire Emblem or a more large-scale RPG, is more about managing individual units and about the the personal drama in the storyline. And I feel like that would work really well with something like Broken Empire, which has, um, it's, again, basically the Empire is made up of a thousand warring kingdoms all vying to, to to, to take control. And you have this one guy who just has this meteoric ascent to power 
because he's like so ruthless. And I feel like that could make for a really interesting video game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking of all the team members you can interact with too, like from the first book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of his uh, his uh, road, his uh, his fellow like bandits or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also gets like necromancy and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, these these books are wild, and I would definitely recommend them if anyone ever get, if you get the chance. Yeah, me too. I only read the first, but I have to read the second. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. King of Thorns is the best one. Oh man. <laughs> That book goes places. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I would say, if, if I was going to adapt Broken Empire, I'd say turn-based strategy game, uh, probably by Square Enix, I feel like, just because they have the Tactics Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics pedigree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that'd be my pick. And then I, I think it's uh, back to you, uh, back to you, Audra. What would your next book be? Oh, actually, going a little different, I'd probably... How familiar are anyone with um, the Arrowverse shows on TV? Uh, that's like the the DC ones. Yeah, it's um on CW. Usually they um, it's a bunch of DC superhero shows that they've kind of all converged into this one storyline now or yeah. un- story universe. Yeah, I've watched a couple episodes of um of Supergirl, but I haven't watched much else beyond that. Oh, yeah, Supergirl's one of them, and then there's Arrow, of course, which just finished up, and then um, Black Lightning and Batwoman and okay. Legends of Tomorrow is probably my favorite just because it's off the wall humor. Right. <laughs> and The Flash. Oh, too. I always gotta love The Flash. <laughs> yep. I haven't seen any of the DC shows yet, but I used to read a lot of the comics. They're pretty good, I think. And I don't read the comics as much, so I'm a little odd that way. Yeah, I did read the most recent Batwoman comic, so this just got oh, me neat. thinking about that. But um, they recently did a big crossover event called um, Crisis on Infinite Earths for it. Yes. Which I could so see them doing someone like Team Ninja taking over and doing a game, an action RPG. Right. With party based mechanics like that, I mean, they've already done Infinity Stones with Ultimate Marvel Alliance three. Right, interesting. So, why Team Ninja specifically, though? I'm curious. Um, just because I ended up liking how they did the Ultimate Marvel Alliance three. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I didn't know they were involved with that game. <laughs> yep, they did that one, and it would actually just be, I mean, it would be an excuse to have all these different characters from the different shows. You could put them in different teams and have them fight through the storyline. Yeah, definitely. No, it's that, that, that kind of sells itself to that kind of game. Just the whole idea Mm -hmm. of a big superhero universe. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they could do like a, cause I mean, yeah, if you're working with DC, like they have like so many properties they could, they could pull in as like, extra content oh yeah they usually do try to throw in a little like they could even do some blue beetle and some other things because they try to allude to them a little bit in each show mm-hmm. like right now i think they're trying to allude to green lantern a little bit yes which I, oh man I, a green lantern would be incredible for for, for a video <laughs> oh, game. Yeah. like yeah done properly I, I know there's a there's a video game tie-in based on the ryan reynolds movie but I don't think we want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Ryan Reynolds wants to talk about that. 
Oh, I love the Green Lantern comics. Yeah, no, they're super cool. Honestly, yeah. while we're on the subject, they could make a really good game out of um, Blackest Night. Okay. Oh yeah. The, 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 From the, what the, I know about it. Yeah, you guys know that the stress is that that's the zo- the st- the zombie arc. Yeah. Yeah, that could be so good. Yeah, no, I'm hyped for that. That would I would I would play that in a heartbeat. Yay. Yeah, good pick, Audra. Thank you. Tina, do you have a next pick? Okay, so I know there's already been a pretty good ap- adaptation, but I want to see a new one of Sailor Moon. This is like one of my favorite anime ever and what got me into anime. And what I'm thinking is something, maybe something that follows the series pretty closely, like either the manga or the the TV show. Okay. And a mix between a classic JRPG and a visual novel. Ooh, that would be good. That sounds yeah. perfect, honestly. Like, I would love to see kind of like the, the everyday school scenes and the arcade scenes done as visual novel scenes. And then, like, when they go off and fight or explore the moon or whatever for the, the RPG stuff. So it almost be kind of like the Winter Wolves games? Like Lauren? I haven't played that. I actually uh, don't know what that is, Audra. Uh, oh, they're independent. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. I haven't played it, though. But they're pretty good. V- they're um, VN and visual novel and RPG hybrids, okay. which are quite fun to play. Interesting. From the what you're describing, Tina, it almost sounds kind of like, like like Persona in a way. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking of something by like Gust, maybe. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Because like they do a lot of the cutesy stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they do loads. Like in, in cute anime girls are like their bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly Bandai Namco too. Like I'm just thinking of the tail skits, but like something closer to a visual novel than that. But yeah, that would work really well. Yeah, and just another thing I always liked about the the anime was just all the new upgrades and learning all the new powers and stuff. And I think that would translate well to an RPG too. Oh yeah, that would be you'd have a skill progression tree. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that could be really good. Um, we we are talked a little bit about the Sailor Moon, the Super Nintendo. Uh, Super yeah. Famicom Sailor Moon game on the last episode. Um, Tina, did you ever play that? I did. I liked it. Yeah, I've heard it's actually surprisingly one of the better um, video game adaptations out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an original story, but I, I think they did a really good job with it. So for for your, uh, your hypothetical Sailor Moon game, would you want to adapt existing storylines or would you want an original story? Yeah, I am thinking more like adapting probably the manga just because it's tighter, but maybe a few little differences so we're not just playing through the exact same stuff. Oh, like maybe have choice element? Yeah. Hmm. Like even more powers you can unlock. (laughs) Cool. Of course, all sorts of weird enemy designs. Yeah, we mentioned earlier, because Gust is already doing that with Fairy Tail, and we just got uh, the Dragon Ball Z Kakarot game. So yeah, there's definitely a market I think oh, yeah. for, uh, for just going through the high like the highlights of the series, but in a yeah. video game format. Like Sailor Moon Crystal is still ongoing. I think the next movie's coming out later this year. Okay. Next. Yeah. So there's still like a current audience for it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, do any, any parting thoughts on us on Sailor Moon before we move on? I think that's about it. Just focusing on all sorts of new powers, weird enemy designs, and the visual novel scenes. Okay, yeah, that, that would definitely that would definitely work out super well. 
um, yeah. I think, just the, the way you're describing it. Um, yeah, like definitely 3D graphics for the exploration scenes, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you think more like a... So I don't know if we'd have like an open world type thing, but more like a... Like it would transition between visual novel stuff and then more like city exploration, kind of like a, kind of like Persona. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could. Ooh, maybe Atlas could even do it. Ooh. Okay. Now we're talking. <laughs> they like their magical girls. <laughs> they do add a lot of them too. This is true. Yeah, I'm so behind on their series. Okay. Seriously though, every single time at, we've talked about this in the podcast before, so but I need to complain about it again. Every single time that Atlas uh, makes and re-releases one of their old games, they add a subplot involving a mysterious magical girl. It's every single time. It, it's, in, yeah. it's in Persona 4 Golden. It's in Persona 5 Royal. It's in uh, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. It's in all of the Etrian Odysseys. I don't get it. <laughs> it's the same plot. Maybe they secretly want to make a Sailor Moon game. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. They're playing their kids. This, they've been pitching it this whole time, and we've just been blind to the possibilities. Yeah. Well, so hopefully somebody will hear Atlas's cries, and we'll get the Sailor Moon uh, RPG visual novel dating sim puzzle game that we all deserve. Yeah. <laughs> With two talking animals. <laughs> Bonus capture in cameos. All right, but, uh, but if, if we're ready to move on, I actually I have a pick that will. I, I thought about I thought about I'm not entirely sure how I would make this work as a video game, but I want to see someone try it. Um, did did we any did anyone see a uh, Doctor Sleep uh, last year? No, no, I've, I've I won't. Okay, I'm gonna shut up about about specific stuff in this in that movie because I thought it was fantastic. Like it's a really when you hear like oh, we're going to make a sequel to The Shining. You're not really 100% sure how that's going to play, but I think they did about as good a job they, as they possibly could have. The, the movie basically followed, and the, story, the book, too, is like right it's after The Shining. It stars the grown-up kid, uh, Danny. Uh, and in the, in the story, he kind of crosses paths with um, a group of... I want to. I don't really know what else to call them besides psychic vampires that are hunting kids with um with uh, psychic abilities like the shine the, the shining. And and over the process, he ends up um encountering a a little girl who has very strong powers and winds up protecting her. And I feel like that's the setting, especially once they go back to the hotel, would work really well as a kind of alan wake-esque survival horror adventure game like with investigation elements so i'm not a hundred percent sure how you would do i i kind of i want to ping you guys for ideas actually i don't know how familiar you guys are with stephen king and his like other works but i feel like the stephen king extended universe whatever could be really yeah. good for that kind of like mystery game the first thing I actually thought of when you were saying Alan Wake type of horror game was actually Parasite Eve. I don't yeah, know if something yeah. like that would work. That could be interesting. I, lo I love that game. So yeah, yeah me too. Dope. Um, where, where it's kind of like combines the uh, like, how are you thinking like with the uh, kind of the old school survival horror 
Yeah, just like combining the RPG elements with some a little bit of combat and leveling up and stuff. Like, I'm not familiar with Doctor Sleep, so I don't know if that would work, but I'd love to see another game like that. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. What would be difficult with Doctor Sleep is that a lot of the story is very interpersonal. It's a character who's um, dealing with alcoholism. Okay. And um, so that's what I was thinking more. You could use a lot of um, stuff in the character's head. Like... um, Oh, maybe like AI Somnium? Yeah, yeah, like just like that, yeah. Um, yeah, how how the Somnium files his little uh, case case sequences work. Ooh, that would be intriguing. Mm-hmm. And it would be um cuz a big a big part of um of Dr. Sleep specifically is him dealing with um his own personal demons, but also um the ghosts from the Overlook which kind of follow him around. Um and uh, and he kind of traps them in his in his subconscious. Um, the guy, I, I don't want to get into spoilers. You guys need to watch this movie. Yeah, I do want to watch it. Hundred percent, because there's there's one scene in particular in that movie that is like hands down one of the my favorite things that I saw last year. It would also open up possibilities, I think, for other Stephen King properties to like be introduced. Yeah. Like, you could do something with Pennywise and the Deadlights if they wanted. Yeah. I'd love to see a Dark Tower game. Oh, Dark Tower would be dope. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's his more fantasy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not, a, I don't know Stephen King's. Yeah, I've only read the first two books, but I heard there's some weird twists after that. Oh. Uh, basically, the, I, 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 I haven't gotten very far in Dark Tower, but it's basically, for, it's a very sprawling fantasy epic. Yeah. That covers his entire universe. Oh wow! So like the stand, uh, elements from it, uh, the deadlights that plays a big part in it, um, the shining, um, the 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 uh, one of the weirder elements of the it book ties back to uh, the turtle that had a stomach ache and accidentally created the universe, which is a big plot point in Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, the Stephen King's universe, that actually is bizarre enough that it would work very well in an RPG setting, I feel like. Um, yeah. And you could crank up the horror elements and just make it something really spooky, but really engaging. Uh, but uh, that's about all I got on that one. I just feel like, I feel like for something like, for something, you could go for something more investigative and melancholy, like a Alan Wake or AI Somnium Files. Or something a little more bombastic, like Parasite Eve. Or do both. Or do Combine both. them. Why not? Let's yeah, go. depending on the property. Let's go nuts. Final, final, final boss is just Bill Hader. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I guess that's uh, on that note. Audra, what's your uh, your next pick? Ooh, actually, it would be. More because I've just been starting to watch the, the re, I guess it's a remake of Orphan, the Sorcerer Stabber Orphan anime, okay. a novel series I'd actually think would make a, especially the novel series would be a great traditional JRPG with turn-based combat. And I would so think Falcom would be able to do it well because they'd be able to do the lore justice and the characters are all crazy and wacky and lovable and so I think they'd have fun with it. So what is what is Orphan? It sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, it's um a story about a 
sorcerer named Orthan who he quit from the Tower of Thane, which is where you train to be a black magic sorcerer, pretty much, after his friend Osley got turned into a dragon. And right. he was trying to figure out a way to cure her in the the first book. And in the, most of the anime, I think, tellings, it's usually that's the main focus is him trying to save his friend Osley. But he ends up teaming up with um, a kid. He promised his dad he'd train him in magic. And the kid's name turned out to be Magic. which is, And uh, this one kind of crazy heiress girl named um, Cleo ends up tagging along with them. And, is that the blonde one with like some little curls in her hair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a just kind of a cute family dynamic between the three of them and okay. it's a really neat fantasy world too. Like the white sorcerers or the, the white magic users are actually more powerful than the black magic users and it's interesting. <laughs> it sounds interesting. Um, actually, I, I was I, I realized just now where I've heard this before. There actually was a video game based on this property. It was a terrible PS2 game. Yes. I want to ignore that one ever happened. <laughs> so what would you do differently, aside from be good? Um, basically just, well, I think putting it in the hands of a company like Falcom would really help just because they're their pedigree for games is so strong mm -hmm. really and i mean i'd probably do more of a just traditional jrpg story telling format with um turn-based combat instead of i'm not even sure what they used for the <laughs> it was some weird what hybrid system that didn't really work like uh, <laughs> it just seems to be part of the course for bad video game adaptations yeah I mean, I think they could do like the spells and move sets pretty well in a just a party based combat. Yeah, it sounds like you, there's a lot of potential there for sure. Mm -hmm. Tina, are you familiar with this property too? I think I've seen a couple episodes of it years ago, and I've been meaning to watch the whole series, just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I'll have to check out the new one. Definitely, it sounds it sounds yeah. really good. The new one is it's a rushed mess. Oh, oh dear. Okay, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I like it still, though, because they've actually started releasing the novels. That's my cat. Um, <laughs> Hi, kitty. They've actually started releasing the novels over here and on Amazon for Kindle, and I really have liked getting into the novels for it and just seeing. Did they make print versions of them yet? You know? um, I think it's just electronic at the moment. Okay. Uh, Tina, do you have a do you have your next uh, your next pick? That's a, uh, if we're done talking yeah. about Orphan. Okay, so how many of you have read Dragonlance? I've heard of them. I read a bunch yeah. of Dragonlance novels in high school, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I'm there's already been several games of it made in the 80s and 90s, I think. Mm -hmm. But I want to see a new game based on the first three novels done in the style of Dragon Age. That would Ooh. be epic. So, uh, yeah. Dragons of Autumn, Twilight, the Dead Initial yeah. Series. And what I'm actually thinking is creating your own character, and then you can interact with the ones from the book, because I pretty much wanted to do that since I was, like, 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the characters in the books, I, I just thought were so great. I just wanted to make friends with most of them. Everyone that isn't Reislin. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to be Reisland's friend. <laughs> but yeah, and like just like Dragon Age with all the the amazing scenery and the combat and everything. Yeah, that would be incredibly epic. So like so you want like a similar like 3D Yeah, uh, 3D world, similar kind of graphics. Mhm. Okay. In the Dragonlance world. And would you, and you yeah. want, who would you want to develop? Like, would you want Bioware to, to develop it? Yeah, I am thinking Bioware. Possibly Obsidian. So Obsidian's got a track record now. Uh, they've been doing a lot better since they kind of went independent. Yeah. I'm all for more Dragon Age-esque games, so... Yeah, like, overall, I would love to see all the D&D campaign settings made into more modern games. Oh, for sure. There's loads of potential there. Um. Yeah, like all the Dark Sun and another Planescape game, maybe. But Dragonlance is always one of my favorites. So. Yeah, Dragonlance as a setting is just kind of, it is kind of like the, gen it's very, very on, very kind of, I don't want to say standard for D&D. &D, yeah. That in Forgotten Realms, too. Like, yeah. But um, there's still a lot of potential there. There's a lot of beloved characters yeah. and stories. Yeah, like the characters that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I, I was poking fun earlier, but like, I honestly really love Rice Rice as a character, and I really yeah. liked um, the Soul Forge book. Oh yeah, that was great. Mm -hmm. That one was really tragic, but also really good. And they have like pretty much an infinite re infinite resources they can draw upon. Maybe they can get the writers involved. Like, oh yeah, that'd be great. They're, we're getting another Dark Alliance game, I think. Um, yeah. The trailer didn't inspire much confidence, but I'm oh, curious. The perspective in the trailer was really weird. Like the way they had them running. Yeah, no, it was it was really odd looking. But I would like to see Dr Dr Drizzt and uh, and company in more games. Too. Yeah, have you played the? Oh, what was it called? Demon Stone, I think. I never played it, but I heard of it. Yeah, I played that one, and that had some of the original characters in it, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. If we're if we're gonna as long as we're doing D and D settings, um, there needs to be more Ravenloft stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, Audra, have you have you played have you played much D, like D and D at all or read any of the books or whatever? I have not. I don't. I'm not too familiar with it. So, a lot of the lore sounds really interesting. Oh yeah, no, they've they've had loads of talented people work on that. Um, so like Ravenloft, Ravenloft is hell, but it's not hell for you. Is it's it's basically a dark world whose job is to imprison um, different uh, different pe different people for their crimes and punish them for it. And those people are technically the the dark lords of Ravenloft. So like one of them is um, Strahd von Zerovich. He's a vampire. Um, uh, it wasn't the knight from Dragonlance, Lord yeah. Soth. I think. Yeah, Lord Soth. So here's the funny thing about Lord Lord, Lord Soth was a death knight. Um. And he got banished to Ravenloft, and he's actually the only person to ever escape. Because, <clears throat> because so Ravenloft as a setting is um is controlled by the, these dark powers, and the dark powers of Ravenloft basically torture its inhabitants for their own amusements. And there's no getting out of Ravenloft once you're in Ravenloft without the dark powers' permission, basically. Um, but um, Lord Soth um was able to escape because they got bored with him. He basically he basically had had suffered so much that nothing could phase him. And they were like, "Oh, you're no fun," and they put him out. So yes, I, I would love to see. I, yeah, long story short, do more. Yes, do a Dragonlance video game. Yeah. That would be incredible. Um, 
I don't know if you heard the report yesterday that um, I think they're working on seven different D&D games. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm just hoping they won't mostly be like little mobile things. Oh, yeah. That's a real danger, isn't it? We're getting another Baldur's Gate. We're getting another Dark Alliance. There's entirely possible. And there's uh, there's some sort of sci-fi game made by them, too. Ooh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's an original world, and I don't know if some of the former Bioware staff might be working on it, or a different company. Yeah. Well, we might hear more next week, because I think, I think they got a thing at PAX. Well, we'll definitely have to keep an eye out then. Um, I'm yeah. hoping we'll get some more... Uh, I'm, hoping, cause I'm hoping we get some decent announcement at PAX. It seems like a lot of people are trying to avoid going because of the whole yeah. virus. Coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's a weird world we live in today. Well, my next pick, um, moving on, my next pick is going to be a, a Netflix movie that came out a couple years ago. It's called The Night Comes for Us. Did any of you see that? I have not. So it's an Indonesian martial arts film um, featuring a bunch of people who are in the Raid movies, which were some of my favorite action movies ever. Um, they were. Um, it's got Iko Uwe. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a champion of a martial art called Silat. Um where the whole operate behind that martial art is to kill or incapacitate your opponent with as few moves as possible. So basically, it's very fast, very brutal, and very um, exciting to watch in, in action movies. Why I'm doing The Night Comes for Us um, instead of The Raid itself is because Night Comes for Us is basically a... It's kind of a goofy crime thriller in a lot of places. So in that universe, they have an organization of six leaders in this triad called the six C's. And um, I feel like with that, you have a series of boss fights. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and for something that would be kind of like Yakuza almost, where you can fight your way through the criminal underworld and use like crazy kung fu action moves and stuff like that. But um, and you can work your way through each of these six, uh, six uh, leaders. I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, so can you watch this as a standalone, or do you need to watch the other no. stuff? No, it's a standalone movie. Um, it's it's not in universe to the other to the raid movies. At least you okay. watch those too. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's just it's more just like hey, we got th- we got a bunch of actors from those movies, and they're doing this with us. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking at the poster of it now. It does remind me of like Sleeping Dogs and Yakuza. Yeah, it's very very much it's in the same movie. vein. Uh, same kind of story. There's also a lady, uh, a lady named uh, the, whose character is called the Operator, and she's incredible. I will say that compared to the raid, the night comes for us is a little bit gorier. Um, so that's just something to be aware of. It, it, it ups the ante for characters using weird weapons. Like there's a there's a chick who fights with razor wire. Um, but as a result, you also have to see the after effects of chick who fights razor. with razor wire. <laughs> It does lead to some pretty exciting encounters, though. So, yeah, I definitely recommend checking the movie out if you get the chance, because it's still on Netflix. Um, but I think, too, like it would just make for a pretty fun video game. We're getting down to it looks like we have about three more picks on our list, so I think I'll probably just have you guys alternate. Uh, do you want to go ne- Do you want to go next, Audra? Sure. I was actually thinking um, Genlock, which is uh, it's another Rooster Teeth show. But... Okay. 
I'm, I'm still not familiar similar with to, this. <laughs> oh, similar to Ruby, but it's a sci-fi dystopian about um, an international coalition that's fighting a group called the Union. All right. That's slowly taking over the world. I mean, it's pretty good. It has a, a lot of mechs and stuff in it, which I would think you could do an awesome mech customization game. I like mech customization. Using it. And even uh, they try to do a lot of the cast is very diverse. So I would think like a create a character would work really well with the game for it. Yeah. And I was thinking Capcom just because they're really good at action RPGs with Monster Hunter and stuff. So I think they'd probably nail it. <laughs> yeah, that could, that could be interesting. Uh, that, that customization for sure. I'm still waiting on my Xenoblade X ports, <laughs> guys. Yeah, I would love if the Xenoblade X came out on Switch. <laughs> so you're thinking more yep. like an action RPG? Yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm looking at a picture of the poster now, and there's even like a bunny mech. Yes. Yeah. So you could go really crazy with the mechs. I'm sold. Yeah. 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 No, it sounds really fun. Uh, the, the uh. Yeah, if you uh, just go wild with customizing a mech and creating a character, um, it was like this. Uh, like, would you adapt again? Like, I don't know if it's it's based on a series. Would you be going for an original story, like in that universe, or adaptation of the existing story? I could say it going either way, actually, really easily. I would think a retelling. They've already kind of established this group as the focus of the main storyline, so maybe it would be better to do an original story set in it. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Tina, do you want to choose the next topic? Okay. Um, have both of you seen the Nausicaa movie by Studio Ghibli? Oh, yeah. Yes, I love that movie. Yeah. Okay, wow. so last summer I was finishing up reading the manga series. It's actually seven volume manga, and the movie only really covered maybe the first one and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so I would want to see a, a game based on the manga. And what I'm thinking is being able to play from multiple viewpoints because there's um there's Nausicaa herself and then uh, this other princess that leads an army, and mostly it could be a traditional RPG, but I think her scenes could be uh, turn-based strategy. Okay, that could be interesting. Wow. And I want to spend a lot of time exploring all the little areas that might have only been mentioned in the manga for like a couple pages, and just adapt the whole story in general because we've never seen an adaptation of the whole thing. Yeah, no, that could definitely be really good. Um, uh, who are you thinking would uh, would work on the game? Okay, level five, of course. Perfect. <laughs> yep. After Nino Cooney, right? They yep. want. <laughs> it sounds like honestly, what you're describing sounds a lot like Nino Cooney too, because yeah. Nino Cooney too had the whole kingdom building and strategy or elements. Okay. In addition to uh, the action RPG sections. Yeah. So one game that I think was kind of inspired by it. You remember a Crystalis? Yeah, that was a, it was a, wasn't it an NES title? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's back on uh, the Nintendo online now. Okay. Yeah, but I love the world of that. And I think they did take a, a little bit of influence from the movie. So I just want to explore like more worlds like that. Yeah, for sure. I think Ghibli uh, Ghibli's movies have definitely had a wide reaching influence on and it would be uh, it would be interesting to see that more people try to adapt either adapt their own work or do more things like Nino Kuni where there's a clear inspiration yeah. um, to that lineage. 
Well, yeah, no, Nosco would be a fantastic pick. So, yeah, thank, thank you for that one, Tina. Yeah. We have one more pick on our list. And was that, that I think that was you, Audra? Yeah, the Dragon Prince. All right. Tell me about the Dragon Prince. Ooh, well, it's a great little fantasy epic story. Um, it's an animated series on Netflix. It's about um, the humans have been kind of ousted from this magical land where everything's kind of great and there's elves and dragons and humans kind of get stuck on the non-magical side because they tried using dark magic, mm. which sucks the life force from people. Like you do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so it's about the... There was a dragon king, or lord, I can't remember exactly if it's king or lord, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> but he has a son, and the son's egg gets stolen, and it ends up by the humans, so it ends up sending off the um, princes of the human kingdom and an elf assassin end up trying to bring the egg back to the mother to prevent an all-out war between the two sides. All right. That's and it's just there's there's a lot of lore in it, and it's kind of a great. It almost reminds me of a Bioware game, actually, especially Dragon Age. Even yeah, like no. the elf designs are very canary esque because they have horns and. It sounds very dense as far as like lore goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it myself, but I see so much fan art of it, and it does look really, really good. I do want to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. The first three seasons are out, and it's they're very epic to say. <laughs> to Is say it by the least. same people that made Avatar? Or? Um, no, it's not. But they actually have the main characters voiced by the guy who did Soka. Okay, an Avatar, which is okay. That's interesting. And I was thinking with. It would make for an excellent like SRPG with, and you could even do bonding events and creating your own avatar from the different races that they have. It would just be like a really good if you could do a side story to the main game in it about possibly like the humans and elves after the first war is over. Maybe going to the history of that world, or yeah. Oh, it was the it was the same. Sorry, just here. It was the same uh, writer and producer for Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so it's yeah, so it's definitely got that. Uh, it's banking on that a little bit. That's interesting, though. Did you get, I know there were a couple Avatar video games, but like, did you ever get like a good one? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Unfortunately. That'd be something. Oh, the seasons are even split into books. Huh. Yeah. yeah and they're going to do a time skip, which could be an interesting way to... You could also do a game set during the time skip for the new season. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's ripe ground for uh, for future adaptations. Yeah, it's just to fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. So, so do we, we cover... Uh, you, would you want Bioware to develop it, or who would you think? I was thinking Bioware at first, but maybe even Intelligent Systems. I was going to say, because what you're describing sounds a lot like Fire Emblem. Yeah. I think that would actually work. I mean, the characters are so... They're so fleshed out and developed really well in that series that I think 
having bonding events with them would be really interesting. Yeah, okay. I could see it. Do we have any closing thoughts on the Dragon Prince? It sounds like it, so far I think we've had a pretty exciting list of list of potential games. I want to play all of these. Yeah. I would even want to play some Avatar games that are actually good. Right? <laughs> Maybe we can add I think I've got to catch up on my, my shows after today. Just <laughs> like there's a lot of good stuff I missed. Shows, movies. I mean, hit me if you ever need recommendations for a lot of this stuff, hit me up. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to hit you guys with a surprise question to pad all this oh, cool. out. It's not that much of a surprise, but um, I want you guys to think about one video game that you would like to see adapted into a movie or show. Oh. And how who would you get to direct or who who either direct or star in or or produce? I I'm curious what you'd be thinking. Um and I'll go first just to give you guys some time to think about it. Um uh my thought would be for Nintendo to make a long form a Fire Emblem anime series. Oh, that would be neat. Yeah, right. I think that there's a lot of potential there. Being, uh, you don't have to base it on a specific game. Um, you could do something kind of like what they did with Fire Emblem Warriors, where it's more of a, uh, uh, a more of a, a multi-dimensional, multi-universe thing, and get a bunch of recurring characters. Or you can tell an original story. But um, there's a lot of potential there. And I was thinking um, you could get the studio behind uh, the Fate anime series to do it, because um, they're really good at action scenes. Oh yeah. yeah. I feel like that would be kind of probably my mo my my most interesting pick. I'd like them to see now that Fire Emblem's kind of gotten a, a second or third lease on life with the success of Three Houses. Um, I would like to see them uh, maybe branch out and do more stuff with it, or elsewise do a live action movie and put Timothy Chalamet in it. I don't care how, just put him <laughs> in there somewhere. Did you guys see The King on Netflix? No, but. It's, it's on my list. I really want to see him in Dune, though. Yeah, I'm so excited for Dune. Oh, oh my God. That, yeah, that is like my most anticipated movie of the year now. Oh, and speaking of adaptations, there are some Dune video games in the works. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, I'm excited now. I, I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, after Blade Runner and Arrival, uh, Denny, Denny B can do yeah. whatever he wants. <laughs> Uh, Audra, do you have a uh, do you have do you have a ser a game you'd like to see turned into a movie or a show? Well, I've only played about a third of the way through so far, but I would think actually Skies of Arcadia. Ooh, Alana, Alana just did a happy dance somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love the friendship between the three main characters and just the whole concept of the world itself is really interesting. I think it would make for a fun, especially an anime series. And I was actually thinking it maybe the UFO table company, just because they really know how to do some good action sequences. And yeah, that could be real. That, that would be that would be fantastic, honestly. Like uh, sky just sky pirates in general. Mm -hmm. Really good show. Those characters are so likable. Yeah. What about you, Tina? Do you have a, do you have one in mind? Yeah, so I was actually thinking I would love to see an adaptation of either Final Fantasy four or six with characters designed by Amano, like in the style of Vampire Hunter D or Angel's Egg or those like classic eighties and nineties anime. Ooh, I Ooh, that would be neat. I need yeah. this in my life. 
Now, I'm not sure about which studio, but I think he's actually working with Netflix on something. But I don't know. It's like Netflix anime. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes it's eh. I'm not sure if I pick them, but I would pick him to design the characters for sure. And I want to see that old kind of art style. I would love to see Amano's artwork just come to life like that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, definitely. That, that's an awesome idea, Tina. That, that, that'd be really cool. So uh, do we have any closing thoughts on any of these topics? Any other, like, surprise ideas we'd want to sneak in there? Well, overall, I, I want to see more classic sci-fi fantasy books being adapted into games. Like stuff from, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah, for sure. Like, like a lot of things we haven't even seen movies of or anything. I think they'd make great games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Stuff like Dune and uh, yeah, uh, Asimov stuff. And... There was actually a book I was reading uh, last year. It was called Genesis, and I think it was Paul Anderson, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But it took place through, like, billions and billions of years. And I just kept thinking the whole time, I would love to play a video game of this. Just I think studios should, should dig into classic books more and see what we can hey even something like um jay darcy would be a good oh yeah that could be really good yeah for especially like an action rpg Mm -hmm. did any of you guys read uh, the forever war yes yeah that book that book too would be really good oh Um, yeah uh audrey have you read that one no <laughs> like a, it's a sci-fi war story but it deals with the t- the time dilation thing so while he's all oh. in space um time on earth is going by way faster so he like comes home and all his relatives are gone it's like oh wow yeah it's, it's really neat but have you actually seen an anime called uh what was it i think it was gunbuster or aim for the top or something it's by gynax I have not seen it, no. Yeah, that had a very similar plot. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not often that sci-fi actually addresses that concept. Like, I think Interstellar did it. But I don't like that movie, but, I mean, it was like... I liked it. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, got, it's got its moments. <laughs> That's a discussion for another day. <laughs> make a video game out of Interstellar. <laughs> make, make video games out of all things. I, I yep. play everything. <laughs> I'd have to clone myself. I won't have time. Yeah. <laughs> there's too many games and not enough time yeah. today. Well, on that note, that should probably about do it for this episode of Retro Encounter. Um, as always, if you like us, you can reach out retro at RPGfan.com. Hit us up on iTunes, on the message boards, on Discord. We love to hear from you guys. If you ever want to get a hold of me personally, you can reach out to me at I Have Fury on Twitter or Peter T at RPGfan.com. Uh, Audra, where can we, our readers get a hold of you? Um, Audra B at RPGfan.com. I do not have a Twitter yet. so You are not missing anything. <laughs> Tina, where can we get a hold of you? So I'm Kittensoft39 on Twitter. And right now I am playing through Untitled Goose Game, and I'll be tweeting a little bit about that because it's very fun <laughs> you heard it you're here to hear folks go to T- tina's twitter account and hear her thoughts on the goose game honk honk <laughs> all right all right listeners good night good luck stay out of trouble